This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Alexander City, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. a little bit of a history here. We've been doing, we do this every year, and it's a series, a four-part series called I Love My Church. And Pastor Bruce and I, we tag team. He does uh, two and I do two. So this is the last one. This is number four. So thank God for technology. Uh, You can go to mypassion.church, click on the podcast and go to the Alex City campus and you can listen to part one, two, and three if you weren't here and would like to hear this. And the purpose and the reason that we do this is one, of course, for our people. Sometimes, see, we need to, what's the word say? To hear and hear and hear, but to revisit some things. Also for new people that are coming in and guests, you know, it's sad to say that a lot of people have a bad perception of church They have a wrong conception of church. They've been hurt in the church. They've been abused in the church. They've got misinformation. We've got a lot of believers out there that have quit church altogether for one reason or another. We've got some that have strayed off from church. We've got some that aren't going to church or they think they can do church on their own. But there's a purpose, and so we hope that you'll get... God's purpose because, listen, with information comes some special things. Amen? There comes revelation. When you get right information, revelation comes, and then right information and revelation brings truth, but it brings life to every area of your life. Amen? So our foundation scripture is in Ephesians 2, 19 through 22 in the Message Bible. That's plain enough, isn't it? You're no longer wandering exiles. This kingdom of faith is now your home country. You're no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here with as much right to the name Christian as anyone. God is building a home. He's using us all. Irrespective of how we got here and what he is building, he used the apostles and the prophets for the foundation. Now he's using you. Fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone, with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. We see it taking shape day after day, a holy temple built by God, all of us built into it, a temple in which God is quite at home. Father, we just thank you right now for your word. I ask you, Father, to open up their ears and their heart to hear your heartbeat, God, to hear your words. I thank you already in advance, God, that good seed is going to be planted. I thank you, God, for all of those weeds and wrong seed that have been planted about a relationship with you and about being the church and in the church. I declare right now, God, that all of that will be rooted out and that the right seed, life-giving seed, will be planted in their hearts. Their eyes will be open to see, God, that you're a loving God and a good God, and what a good thing it is for the family of God to come together. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So when we gather, I'm sure a lot of you have heard this 
Maybe you've even said it in, the, in your walk with God. And if you're not a Christian or a believer, it's very simple for you just to say, Lord, come into my life. Be Lord of my life. You go ahead and take control. Let him drive the car. Amen. Let him be in control. And I guarantee that when you do this, things will change in your life. When you start serving God and living for God, I'm going to tell you, there's nothing that cannot and that he will not turn around for you. An everlasting, eternal life. Things will change for you. But I know that many sometimes, like I said, from various walks have come in here and at one time or another, you may have said, I don't need to go to church to become a Christian. Well, that's true. But you're missing out by not being part of the church. Now, remember, the church is you and I, okay? But we come together in a physical building and we make up the family of God, all of us together. That's the real church, you and I, and then we come together as family. Amen? And sure, I know that maybe you've been hurt, but you can't do it out there on your own. That's a misconception, a lie from the devil that says you don't need to go to church to become a Christian. That part is true, but you won't live in his fullness. You won't walk in the fullness if you don't get in connected with the church. Amen? You can't be out there all on your own wandering around. You need to be part of a family and and connect it, amen, and then become active in that. So I agree, but it's just like, you know, they say millions of kids a year run away from home. But even when they run away from home, guess what? They're still part of a family. When you run away from the church, okay, and, and even when kids run away, sometimes it's because of the family. Sometimes it's because maybe they're not getting what they want or getting their way. Same thing in the church. Sometimes it's the church's fault. Sometimes it's our fault because we just want things our way or no way. But that is really, you know, the exception, not the rule. Most families and most churches are good. I didn't say perfect, but I said if you'll go where God tells you to go and make a commitment to be planted, it ain't going to matter if you don't like the color of the walls or you didn't like the color of the, of the chairs and they didn't sing your favorite song or they never seem to sing your favorite song. Well, guess what? When you're part of a family, not everybody gets served always your favorite, right? When you were growing up, unless I guess you were only a child, you know, but still... I'm sure there were times that maybe your parents or you went to other people's house, they served some stuff that maybe you didn't really like. But guess what? It wasn't just about you. It was about the family. It was about the gathering. So maybe you had to kind of just say, well, I'll pick what I do like and be happy that the rest of it is what everybody else likes. It's the same thing when we come into the house of God. We're different ages from different stages of life, different walks, different color, different race. It doesn't matter. But regardless, if we have a heart to worship God, no matter what they're singing, is it about what they're singing or who we're singing it to? See, and if we'll get our eyes on him, and focus. And I did this little exercise in the first service. So let's try it all again right now. Let's everybody for just a minute. Don't do it too quick so you don't get dizzy or nothing. But just look up. Okay, we're looking unto God right now. Now just stay looking up for a minute. Now if right now, if there was a bunch of stuff going on down here, it would be hard for you to really see what was happening up front. Right? Because where you got your eyes? On him. 
So if we'll keep our eyes on him, then you ain't got time to be looking to the left, be looking to the right, be looking out in front. Well, look at what they did. Look at what they didn't do. Look at what they said. Look at what they're wearing. Well, you know, oh, my God, man, man now she must be wearing some, you know, doing something. Look at that expensive purse. Look at those expensive shoes. So-and-so's clothes are too tight, too loose, you know. I don't like the color of her hair. No, we really wouldn't have time for all of that if our eyes were on him. And that would really solve a lot of problems even in family, at home and family in the house of God if we just stayed focused on God and said, God, help me with my problems, help me with my business. I don't need to be pulling out stuff out of someone else's eye when I got a beam in my own. And we'd forget about a lot of that stuff, you know, that it really doesn't matter, okay? And then guess what? It's going to steal your joy and steal your peace because you're all worked up about what everybody is and isn't doing what they should be doing. Why don't you just do what God's asked you to do? I'll do what God's asked me to do. You do. And guess what? We may not be perfect along the way. We may mess up, you know. I may step on your toes. You may step on mine. But praise God, we're family. We're in this together. So let's stay focused on him. Amen. So when we gather, if we'll stay focused on God and stay looking onto him, then the love of God will begin to flow through us. Then we're not, you know, looking at everybody else. We're not a perfect family. We're God's family. We're a loving family trying to serve one another. Amen. But let's ask the question then, why do we gather? We, okay? Why do we gather? Well, for starters, because God tells us. He said, not forsaking nor neglecting to assemble together as believers. He said, do it. Why? Because there was benefits when you come together in the house of God. And guess what? God blesses obedience and commitment and faithfulness. Amen? There's a covering that comes over you when you come into the house. Okay? And then you get planted and you get connected. That means then you do something, you become a part, and everybody part is, is important, amen? But you come under a supernatural covering. Now, out here by yourself, okay, you come to a certain place, but there's things that you'll not walk in and you won't go into in your destiny because you're out there doing it on your own. But when you do it in God's way, when he said, come into the house, See, get connected, get planted, become part of the family. There's a covering that goes up, a supernatural covering. It's God. He gives you a shepherd, amen, to watch over you. And then he teaches you and feeds you. Then you go and feed others, and then they go and feed others. And we just keep on doing what God intended us to do. But there's a covering. So everywhere I go, there's that covering because I'm in the house of God. And I'm connected. I ain't out here all by myself. See, I'm, I'm under the covering. I'm under the way God ordained it to be. So there's a covering over my life. Amen? So listen to this. Now, all the letters of the New Testament are written to churches and church leaders. So if you take away the church, then most of the, much of the New Testament's not even going to have any value or meaning. Try to make sense of the Old Testament without the uh, nation called Israel. It only works within the context of the gathering of the family of God when we gather together. 
not sitting at home watching a TV evangelist, not running around from church to church and trying to figure out, well, I'll just float because then if I do that, I don't never have to be committed because I'm never not connected anywhere, so I just keep going to a different church every Sunday. I ain't got to do nothing. I don't have to have no responsibility. Uh Uh-oh, well, we don't even want to go there. That's just another whole thing. So why we gather? We were created for this. The will and the purpose of God for man is that we walk together in unity, working together in harmony for something greater than what we could do individually. Because together, we're greater. Only in this setting can we really find the real fulfillment of life when you come into the family of God. Get into God's house and get connected. If you don't have a church home, get a church home. And then that means if you have a home, then you get kind of planted. Do you, in the natural, you have a home, okay, or an apartment or a trailer or whatever, but when you live in that home, do you live out of your suitcase? No, hopefully eventually. Look, we lived out of suitcase. We lived out of boxes, but eventually we got a dresser. Eventually we got a dresser, which became more permanent. So in the house of God, why are you carrying in your suitcase all the time? Well, the first thing they say, I'm out of here. First thing they do wrong, I'm out of here. First time they ask me to do anything, I'm out of here. Well, how are you going to get planted if you're toting your suitcase because you always got your hand on the door? Now, and pastor has said this many times, God won't give permanent stuff to temporary people. So you better unpack your suitcase and get yourself settled. Because in the settledness is going to come the blessing. It's going to come your better that God has for you. It's going to come people for your life. When you get settled, then you can start having a permanent effect, an everlasting, internal destiny for you and for those around you. Make a difference. Make a difference. Because we were created for this. See, because now we exchange me for us. And us is a lot better. So now let me, we talked about why we should gather. Let's find out why you, the individual, should gather. Because you're never the best when you're alone. You're never your best when you're all by yourself. After God made man, he said it's not good for man to be alone. Isolation never produces good things in our life. Usually, when atrocities happen and we hear about really crazy, off-the-wall things, the most common characteristics in all of those situations is that person was a loner by themselves, isolated, that only had themselves to refer to. See, had no accountability, no commitment, just out there by themselves. See, when we're together, we sharpen one another. We encourage one another. We lift one another up. We make up the difference. When you're down, then we can help lift you up. See, got your back, praying for you. Don't always have to know. Just know that when you're part of a family, God will say, you need to pray for them right now. You need to pray. You need to pray. And your family is out there praying for you. 
Spiritual growth happens best when you're together in a family. Because, see, then we sharpen one another. We challenge one another. Then, you know, God says something to you, and then you can share it with them. And then they get something. They share with you. See, then together we're better. Because everybody's got a part, and everybody's a piece of the puzzle. See, but when you're all by yourself, that one little piece don't make up the picture, does it? It's when we all come together. Now you look at it, and you go, wow, that's beautiful. That's beautiful when we all come together. And when you're not here and you're not a part, your absence leaves a gap. See? See, because I can't do your part and you can't do my part. You can't do your neighbor's part, see? Because we all have a part. Whether it's cleaning the toilets or vacuuming the church or greeting in the parking lot or at the front door or ushering, you know, helping with the children in the, in the uh, uh, nursery, uh, whatever it is, we all have a part. See, but we got to all come and do our part because we, without your part, there's a piece missing. There's a big gap. And something is going to go undone. Someone is not going to get touched the way they should have been touched because you weren't here to fill in the gap. That's why we all got to come together. Your absence makes a big gap. You got to come do your part because your part's important. And my part's important. But when we put the parts together, oh man, that's awesome. That's super, super, super powerful. Because without that peace, without your peace, there's a peace missing. Amen? And we don't get the full picture. And there's a release that comes, a supernatural release when we come together as the family. Sure, there's going to be times that, you know, we have to work at it. You'll feel like, oh, I just feel out of place. No, then just get your focus on him. Then God will smooth out the edges. Amen? It's not about being perfect. It's not about everybody having to agree on every little thing. The most thing we agree with is that God is in control. God's first in my life, and that's who I'm going to follow. And then from there, I'm just going to trust him. And guess what? Everything will work out. It'll be all right. Amen. But what happens then when we come together and we gather? We worship. You know, we sing and we praise God. And you can do that individually, and that's a very special, precious thing. Whether you do it in the shower or do it while you're doing dishes or on your way to work, you worship and you sing and you praise God. But there's something super natural that happens when we come together as a family, when we come together and we sing and we worship God. There's something that happens because he said, Jesus said that the Father looks for those, which is plural, who will worship him. He didn't say I'm just looking for one person. He said I'm looking for those when that togetherness comes, it's greater when it's us instead of just me. There's a greater praise that begins to happen. A supernatural power is released when a family of God comes together and praises him. We also, when we come together, we experience God. Jesus said he would be present when we gather for where two or three gather in Matthew 18, 18, it said, together as my followers, I'm among them. He didn't say just get all by yourself, stay by yourself, don't be with nobody. He said, no, come together, gather. God lives in each believer, but when we gather as the family of God, his presence gets magnified, magnified from when it's just you 
there's one part, but when we all come together, it's magnified. It's like supersonic now. Amen? Supersonic. It's greater. See, a family can love one another individually, but there's something about when the family gets together for gatherings and the church family comes together, there's something about that there's a stronger strength. You know, when we're all here together, there's a greater love. See, and then when there's a greater love, guess what? When they walk through those doors and they don't know nobody or they don't know God or they've been told God's a bad God and he's going to hurt you and beat you up, you know, or they were all hurt by the church. But when they come in here and we're all together, there's a supernatural love that goes out and it'll melt that away as the family of God, that we can do it a whole lot better together than by ourselves. There's a bond, there's a strengthening, there's a force that no devil, no enemy can reckon with when we're together. See, if I'm just out here all by myself, it's easy for anything to come along and just knock, grab a hold of me, just knock me over, get a hold. But let me tell you when the family comes together, here's the family. Now see, you ain't taking this down. You ain't taking this down because there's strength in the family. There's strengths. See, there's strength in numbers. There's strength when we come together and say, God, you're our number one thing. Okay, look, regardless of all that little petty stuff, people's lives are laying in the balance over us coming together as the family of God so that we can go out and tell others about this love. People need us to be strong as family so we can go out there. They're lost, they're hurt, they're dying, they're broken. They need some power. And as family, we can bring that to them. What else happens when we come together? We encourage one another. We strengthen one another. See, there's strength that comes to each of us when we come in and worship together and be together. There's just something that just happens. It can't be explained. You at home alone or you jumping from here to there, but when you come and get connected with a family, there's something that just happens. There's a power and a strength that's released. Helps us to encourage one another. Then our gifts and talent, everybody's different, thank God. Think of how dull and boring it would be if we were all the same. Now some of you are thinking, oh Lord, man, I wish you'd help my mate or I wish you'd help my neighbor that sits next to me. God, I wish she'd sit still. What you need to do is say, thank God. Maybe I could get a little more excited. Then maybe those that are overly excited, if you hurt yourself, maybe you could say, I could calm down maybe just a little bit. You know what I'm saying? So let's just, what we need to do is value one another. Appreciate one another's differences. Thank God your mate ain't just like you. Because you'd have a, I tell pastor all the time, his life would be boring and dull. If he didn't have me to help him. Just think about you. Some of you are a little bit boring and don't thank God you got a neighbor in the house of God that comes along and stirs you up a little bit. Challenges you a little bit. Smiles a little more than you and you go, you know what? I could probably do that. I could probably smile. At the fellowship, they bring something you don't like and say, why don't you just try that? Maybe you could be a little bold. Man, we've stretched Stephanie a lot over here. 
we, we get her to challenge, taste different things every now and then, but, you know, even in the natural, some things, see, we just, ooh, I got to work on Sonya a lot, a lot of times, you know? But see, thank God, don't we got people that challenge us, sharpen us, love on us, even when we're not lovely. So then those times when we ain't lovely, thank God somebody still comes and hugs us. They might be a little afraid, but something inside of them is going to say, well, you might have had a day too. What about when you had a day, somebody took a chance and hugged you? See, that's what happens when we come in together. We can help to lift one another up, not judge, but say, look, I may have been them that day. Maybe I didn't smile. Maybe I looked grumpy one day. Who knows what they're going through? Go love them. Go encourage them. Tell them it's going to be all right. We come together with our gifts and our talents and our abilities for him, not to, so we can be exalted, but so that we can enhance one another, build one another up, encourage one another, become a symphony of God's grace and love. You know, in the natural, what is a symphony? It's a stage full of different people, different ages, different sizes, different colors, different instruments. But together, they make the most beautiful sound. But a symphony cannot be done with one person. That's not a symphony. That's a solo. Okay? Now, that solo can make a beautiful sound. But put that whole symphony together. Get that whole family together. And now let them crank it up. I'm going to tell you, there's a whole different sound. There's a whole new sound. There's a whole better sound. There's a more powerful sound. There's a more life-changing sound. A more life-touching sound. A more turn around your life. Help you to be better. Help you to get whole. Help you to experience some stuff that you couldn't do on your own. But you can take that symphony now of God's love and grace and mercy and go take it out there. And go take it out there. What a beautiful, beautiful, heavenly sound when God sees his people come together and begin to worship him and love on him and encourage one another and pray one for another and then go out there and go tell them of God's love and God's goodness. What a beautiful symphony sound, a heavenly sound. When we come together, we work together to make a difference. First in our own life, so then we can go out there and make a difference in others. Amen? Blessed to be a blessing. But we help in each other. Then, then we become more powerful to help in our community in the surrounding areas of the world and to the nations of the world. Just a few real quick things that tell you practicality. See, individually, you could touch a few people in Alex City, but when we come together as a family, let me just tell you the power in that. See, now instead of one person that goes to Benjamin Russell at Thanksgiving and only one person could uh, share, we have lots of people now that can go on Thanksgiving Day and they either donate food or they go and serve from 7 to 2. All you got to do is tell your family, guess what, we're still going to have Thanksgiving, but maybe instead of having it as early, we're just going to have it a little later, so I still have time to cook. We still got time to come together and do our thing, but let's go help somebody else that may not have a family, that may not have 
a turkey. But we can go serve. See, and as a group, we go and we make a difference. It was over 500 people last year that they fed. See, maybe you couldn't go, but you donated food. Maybe you didn't donate food, but you went and donated time. Maybe you donated an hour. It doesn't matter. You did something. You filled the things of cranberry. You filled the things with gravy. You helped carve the turkey. You did something. But guess what? You were making a difference in someone's life. In someone's life. Those that didn't have a family. Those that are um, all of the rescue and, 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 and first responders. Those that are in the nursing home. Those that are at home. And they delivered a meal to them. Those that came in and physically sat down. Or those that took it home so they could at least have a Thanksgiving meal. That's just some of the things locally. The crisis center, donate time and money. It, it touches our community. We reach the nations of the world when there's been these crises and, and these uh, storms, okay? You can go to our website and, and the disaster relief. And what that does is we have ministries already that we personally know or that we've connected with. And they're in these different areas. So they're in Florida. They're in Texas. They're in, you know, Haiti. They're all over the place. But when that money goes there, 100% goes to help in those people and all of those disasters. So see, when you give to a disaster, whether you give to it through here or there, you're touching lives all over. You're helping to make a difference in their lives. We uh, have ministries all over in Africa and, and, and Philippines and everywhere. Um, Dr. Vickers, uh, who's over all of our campuses, he's going, our apostle, he's going to be leaving in the springtime to go to Africa where we already have a man and woman of God that have been living there for years now, helping build churches, build Bible schools, helping pastors become self-efficient. Uh, they have a microfinance program where they loan money to poor people, they help them to either raise animals, whether it's goats or chickens or grow vegetables. Then once they start selling that and making money for themselves, they pay the money back, then they go help somebody else. And then those pastors now seek and help themselves. They're not having to struggle, you know, and have no food and trying to minister to people. Now they can teach the people, you know. They're digging wells and fresh water and springs and, and orphanages and growing our orphanages, feeding the people. I mean, we're touching lives everywhere. But see, just one person couldn't do that, but together, as a family, we make such a difference. Because none of this couldn't happen with just me, but what a difference us makes. Amen? What a difference. Let me just remind you of a few of the things about the power of the church. Now, remember, we're the church, but then we meet together in a building, okay? But together, we're so much better. But let me tell you about some of the strengths that happens in the power of the church. The family, together. These are some of the words we talked about. Family, together, gather, those, us, we. All of those things make, it, make us a limitless source of what can happen for you personally and all the lives around you when we come together as a church as the church family. It is limitless of what we could do. As Pastor Ron comes, I'm going to tell you, see, there's some action steps, though, that you can take. Did you know what action means? Action means you do something. Okay, just in case you didn't know, let me say that again. Action means when I take action, I have to do something. Okay? So that means I can't still just sit and watch and be a spectator. Okay? I have to get up and begin to serve. I serve God, and then I serve one another. Amen? 
So we need to make a decision. I hope today you'll remake a decision, recommit, say, God, I want to be committed to you like never before. I want to be more committed. Maybe I've been going to this church for one year, two years. We're celebrating being here for 11 years. We God called us here, and we've been 11 years in October. Maybe you've been here this whole time, and you've never really connected. You never really went through the membership class, you know, because what happened one year ago, five years ago, six years ago, you need to go now. Because, see, there's new things that are being told to you about what we're doing and who we are. And you sit on the, you're faithful, you come, but you've never really connected anywhere. You say, well, I'm not sure what I'm called to do. Just do something. And then in the in you're doing, see, God will help you. And sometimes it starts out you doing in an area that you really don't want to do, that you don't want to volunteer in. Okay? I can talk from experience in 15 years of pastoring in Vermont. Okay? I did not accept quote, the call. I was the pastor's wife, but just keep me in the back. I did all the book work. I did the children. I never sat in the service because I took care of the nursery, the little kids, the big kids, and all the bad kids that none of the other teachers would want, okay? So I did all of that, okay? Some of it was a safe place for me because I thought being a pastor's wife, you either had to play a piano or sing because that's what I always seen in the churches we came up. So I figured, well, I can't do neither one of them. So <laughs> he must have missed it. But no, the bigger need was that nobody ever wanted to do the nursery. Nobody ever wanted to do the children. Nobody ever wanted to do the teens or the troubled kids. And all the kids that got dropped off and their parents didn't come. See, they wanted, I got to sit out there. I got to hear. I got to hear what the preacher's saying. Well, we've helped you now. See, we have two services. So you can come at 9 o'clock, hear the word, and then volunteer in the children's ministry at 1045. So it's the best of both worlds. You get fed, and then you get to go feed. So I encourage you, don't be just saying, well, that's not what I'm called to. You know, I've raised my kids. We're not asking you to raise the children. We're asking you to impart to them. Even if you did it one time a month, guess what if a few did one time a month what a blessing. I've got testimonies now of people that had quit working, weren't doing anything with children, and now went back. And I'm going to tell you now, we got, you know, we shouldn't be having to have 16, 70 year olds sitting in there all the time. Should be some of these young folks. But I've heard some of them say, you know, I quit doing it. And then I went back. And it's like, oh my God, something's happening. God's been doing this, doing that in my life. I just volunteer over there one time a month. But as soon as I went back and started giving over there, things are turning around in my life. Just happening. Blessings are coming. Peace is coming. Healing's coming. I'm telling you, there's something powerful, see, when you serve. We have what we call the benefit package for the servants. Because, see, a lot of you don't realize all the benefits in the Bible that it talks about when we serve, when we become servants unto God and serve one another. There's benefits. Because together we're better. We're a strong force that the enemy cannot stop. It's people for our life. That's the real, that's the number one thing. Not how many classes we have. Not how big the church gets. Not how many programs we have. Not if we have a flashing sign or we don't have a flashing sign, okay? The main thing is that there's people for our life. 
that what God has given you, you go give it away to someone who has not heard, has not had the benefit to hear and receive what you've heard. So do you really love your church? Then get connected. Get planted. Quit being the little five-gallon bucket that just hops around and is getting root-bound and now you become stunted. Get out of the bucket. Get planted. Begin to grow and flourish. And if you really love your church, there's these little cards right here. And you put your name and down on the bottom it says children's ministry, nursery, ages 3 to 5, 6 to 11, teens, usher, greeter, you know, uh, ministry of helps, church cleaning, yard work, or right on there, wherever you need me. Oh, wow. Just think about that. We could use a lot of those, wherever you need me. And then I'll start there. And then from there, if something else comes up, oh, wow. And then you go, well, now, man, I really feel that's my call. That's all right. But in the meantime, just like in your family, sometimes maybe you had to take out the garbage and it wasn't your turn. You had to wash the dishes, but it wasn't your turn. See, when we all come together and we help one another and we serve one another, I'm telling you, there's benefits beyond measure, beyond any paycheck, because God pays well. God takes care of his children well. Amen. But get under the covering. Begin to serve one another and get in the blessing line. Get in the overflow line. I encourage you today that if you don't have a church home, find, pray, and ask God. Go find out where you need to be. And then get in there and get planted. And don't go in there with the expectation, oh God, this is the perfect church. No, as soon as you walked in, it became unperfect. Amen? But when we come in with the heart to say, God, I'm here to serve you. And then I'm here to serve your people. Then guess what? See, all that just gets lifted off of you. Every once in a while, the devil will try to come rub you the wrong way, get you to looking at this one, get you to looking, but then if you'll just go, God, I'm looking to you, and I'm here to serve you, and then serve your people. I'm going to tell you, things will begin to happen in your life. The don't, ain't no pill can help you, ain't no money can help you, but God will begin to turn things around in your life when you get connected and planted and begin to grow. See, there's a difference between a, pot, a plant and a little pot, and then when it eventually gets into the ground. If you keep it in that pot, it'll get root-bound. Sometimes it'll die, and sometimes it just stays stunted. But if you take that same tree, put it in a bigger pot, and then as it grows, put it in another pot, and then eventually it gets to go down the uh, permanent ground. Oh, my word. That thing goes over here flourishing and growing, and whether it's a fruit or it's a flower. But you go back over here to this one, there's a big difference. So I encourage you today, get committed first to God and then get, get committed to your family, to one another, because together we're better. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.